my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone's having an absolutely terrific day today. You guys are getting ready for a great New Year's weekend on this wonderful Friday. Hope you guys are staying safe and healthy. Got a lot of fun plans lined up with families. And so, again, thank you for the support of Health Masters continually getting the truth out there on a daily basis. And be sure to check out the product of the week, the one and only excellent vitamin C on sale right now for over 13% off. And also be sure to vote for what you want to see win next week. A lot of good products on there, including the magnesium, the ashwagandha, the sublingual B12, the tribulus, has some heavy hitters right there. So be sure to get on the website and vote at healthmasters.com. And the, one of the first things I've been reading about this all last night, I talked to dad about it yesterday. It's a very troubling article with the EPA and what's going on right now with the intentional and continual war on the ability for people to drive molested freely on their way. It's an article entitled Dieselgate by Eric Peters. And what's happened is now, if you guys have heard over the last week, Cummins Engines, the maker of diesel engines, Cummins, they now have agreed to pay the federal government $1.6 billion in fines for cheating, alleged cheating, federal emission control requirements. This is essentially VW all over again, except Cummins Engines is nowhere near the size of Volkswagen is. You understand, they don't make vehicles, they make engines. They partnered with Dodge decades ago and make one of the most reliable engines. You know, the old 5.9 Cummins straight six, the old 6.7 was incredible. I used to have one years ago. This truck sounded amazing, got incredible fuel mileage, had a prodigious amount of torque, just incredible motor. And they've made really good stuff that's actually very missions friendly for the most part over the years with a lot of power and a lot of torque still. Well, now what's happened is the Justice Department is now because the EPA stated that Cummins had 630,000 emission control defeat tunings on on basically on Ram trucks between 2013 and 2019. Now, is undisclosed auxiliary emission control devices that were on these vehicles. In other words, it doesn't actually bypass anything. It was the bypass probably occurs under only occasionally under wide open throttle operating conditions resulted in emissions that were higher than allowable. Merrick Garland, the lead inquisitor, insisted, yes, these types of devices we allege that Cummins installed in its engines to cheat federal environment laws may have significant impact on people's health and safety. But he doesn't substantiate. This is VW all over again, guys. Listen to what he says here. Our preliminary estimates suggest that these defeat devices on Cummins engines have caused them to produce thousands of tons of excess emissions. In other words, it doesn't actually bypass anything they're claiming. It's not actually stating that it's producing anything. It's their estimates. As in the case of VW's cheating, the bypass essentially may have occurred under full throttle. And what's interesting about this is they're saying here, it goes into further here, the estimate suggests, as in the case of VW's persecution, no evidence is put on the table providing that Cummins engines actually harmed anyone. None. Harm caused no longer because the necessary determinant for punishing people, determining criteria of where the accused has affronted the authorities, doesn't exist anymore. Essentially, they can claim you're cheating claim that you may have produced X amount of emissions possibly and now claim that you have to pay a fine and pay penance for what they said to do. Now, what's crazy about this is here now, if you go back to what happened with VW, and this is kind of the story that goes back with this, 
VW came out with these diesel-powered cars that were unbelievably efficient, and they were very clean, by the way. And they were just too too long-range, too efficient, and too affordable. For example, a sub-$25,000 TDI diesel Golf or Jetta was going around 700 miles on a tank and literally could be refilled in four to five minutes. I mean, the thing was getting 50, 60 miles a gallon on the highway in some cases when they were broken in. It was insane how, how efficient they were. I drove them when they first came out years ago. I remember Dad and I drove one. And they were – I mean, they, they didn't have a ton of power. But for a commuter vehicle, getting 70 miles a gallon, you know, going 700 miles on a tank, I mean, you, you, can, you can't beat that. It was incredible technology. Right when these things started to come out and really blow up, of course, coincidentally, VW was accused of cheating on their federal emissions certificate test, and it was discovered coincidentally that it happened right around when these vehicles were rolling out and made them essentially too dirty to drive on the road. Now, if you remember, they made VW recall all of these cars. They literally made them put them out in a field like they recalled them, like they couldn't even sell them any further. And what was crazy about this is now this is now becoming a new trend with the EPA, and now they're going after the diesel trucks. Even with the insane amount of emissions and the ludicrous DPF systems they have on these diesel trucks, a lot of these trucks can still get up to 20, 30 miles a gallon. I know the diesel Tahoes, they have a three-liter Duramax and then the baby Duramax, and they average all the way up to 28 to 30 miles a gallon in a full-size SUV, which is still incredible. Ah, the EPA can't have that. And so what's happening is they're saying is the EPA is essentially weaponizing and coming up with their own rules and laws now to force these manufacturers to continually reduce their vehicle production to have good efficiency and good fuel mileage in order to raise the prices. And they're saying what's happened is now in this article is that electric cars are so unreliable, such pieces of garbage, and have such short range but are so expensive, nobody's sold on them and nobody wants them. That's why they're piling up in dealers. So ironically enough, what is the EPA trying to do? They're trying to short the market. They're doing everything they can to prevent these manufacturers from being able to produce quality high-performance, high-range, long-range vehicles within a healthy price point for the consumer. So they're going in now and trying to do everything they can to find Cummins. And more likely what's going to happen with Cummins is they're probably going to find them with this $1.6 billion fine. Cummins is probably going to need some type of grant or subsidy or a buyer, somebody that comes in and gives them a loan like BlackRock so they can continually come in and control them. This is what they did with VW. VW is essentially going bankrupt with their – what it was like almost $20 billion in fines they got hit with. Well, quite frankly, and coincidentally, right after that happened, VW started going all green energy and started coming out with all these electric cars that essentially they didn't even want to produce. And they started getting all these giant grants and green money, just like Tesla's gotten, which is the only reason why Tesla survived, billions of dollars in grant money to produce these vehicles that nobody wants. And now with the EPA coming in with their new restrictions, saying by 2030 – they want to have a 67% of all vehicle manufacturers have to be making EV. 67% of all vehicles sold by manufacturer have to be EV. Everything else can be gasoline and diesel, which is, as you understand, if a manufacturer comes in and they make 100,000 vehicles per year, just a round number, that means 67,000 of them have to be EV, even if nobody wants them, even if nobody buys them. Well, you got to understand, if you start restricting the amount of trucks – that are being produced in the diesel trucks that people use to transport that can actually tow stuff and not break down on a regular basis like the F-150, you're going to see these truck prices go through the roof because, say, Ford, for example, they're producing an F-350 diesel. They have a 
cost-benefit analysis, and they have a break-even point. They know how many F-350s they have to build and produce in order to break even, and they have to look at the profitability from parts manufacturing and X amount of this and X amount of that and look at the range. So we have to produce this amount of trucks. Well, if they come in now, the EPA sales is based on your percentages. You're only allowed to make 10,000 F-350 diesel trucks this year. Do you understand what's going to happen to the price of these trucks from an affordability standpoint? MSRP is going to be $150,000, $160,000, $200,000 for a truck. I'm not exaggerating. That's what's going to happen because Ford's not going to be able to produce them in any type of quantity to actually break even. So they're going to have to massively scale up the price range because the parts are not going to be basically readily produced like they are in the mass production. This is what the EPA is headed to do, and this is why I have said for years, do not support any of these cars and any of these vehicles that are literally coming to our own demise in this country. Continue to support things that are continually making and building this country. Do you think it's any, any, any realistic idea that the EV market can come in in a 10-year period and replace what the petroleum market has done over the last 120 years? It's physically impossible. It can't be done. Everything is built around basically gasoline and diesel power. It's just a fact of life. And so what happens is now what they're trying to do, they're trying to force the market to accept something it doesn't want. And this doesn't work unless you have massive government subsidies, which is exactly what they're doing. But this Dieselgate 2.0, they're calling it now with Cummins, this is a very serious problem because they make a wide range of diesel engines. And there's a high probability these guys are going to need outside funding now in order to maintain liquidity with this fine. And as you see now, the EPA acts just like the ATF does in all these other alphabet agencies when they get the green light. And by the way, a lot of this was also under Donald Trump with the EPA. He gave them a lot of leniency and green lighting to basically start doing what they want. This is the same concept when ATF got the green light from Trump to go in and ban bump fire stocks by any means necessary, they stated. So they went in and they literally rewrote 1934 law in the NFA registry and stated, basically rewrote the definition of what a machine gun was, rewrote the definition from 1934. That is illegal. ATF does not have the legal authority to rewrite laws that were put into place by Congress, yet they did. This is why it's been thrown out in so many courts now, and they've been fighting it for years and years and years. But here's the kicker. They still did it from the beginning. And that's what the EPA is doing now. They're just arbitrarily coming in now with mandates that they come up with out of the top of their head and say, hey, basically, guess what? We're coming in now. We're mandating this, and this is what you have to do to follow us, and there's nothing you can do about it. I talked to the Chevy dealership a while back ago, and he was talking about how they came in with these new models for 2024 diesels, and they're having all these problems with them, DPF problems, turbo problems. And I asked him, I said, well, they didn't really change much. He goes, no, it wasn't the change in the motor. I said, is GM producing bad products? He said, no, GM's not producing bad products. So there's not issues with a lot of the stuff. They're using the same thing from 2022 and 2023. I said, what's the deal? He said, EPA comes in every couple of years, and they basically have tables that are required to follow. Tables as far as, you know, if you look at it from like tuning tables, different emissions, different soot levels on all different RPM levels. He said the EPA comes in and states, by the way, it's 2024 now. You have to meet all these requirements in these emission tables now. And so GM comes in. They rewrite the tables. And what's happened is 
The motors can't handle it. The fuel rail pressure on these new trucks is so stinking high because there's so many restrictions on it that it's literally burning up so many parts of the motor after a short period of time. And the only way GM is allowed to rewrite these tables, even if they're having enormous problems, they have to submit all the issues to the EPA. The EPA then takes their sweet time going through them all and decides whether or not they're going to deem it so that GM can rewrite the tables to make sure that the vehicles are actually functional, reliable, and not going to the shop every six months. If the EPA deems it, if the EPA does not deem it and GM does it by themselves, the EPA comes in and fines them tens of millions, if not billions of dollars for violating federal regulations that the EPA made. This is a complete and total nightmare, guys. And this is why the EPA needs to get handcuffed back this insane amount of leadway that these guys are having on an industry that literally runs the country the whole country runs on diesel like it love it hate it don't care either way it doesn't matter it's a fact of life and this is why it's really important to support this new cars act that's being pushed in by a lot of the senators and congressmen that's really trying to come in and handcuff the EPA to calm their little butts down because they have gotten completely out of control. But I'm going to put this article on the website. You can read more into it because this is something that a lot of people really are not taking seriously to the point where you start allowing this to happen. This is a pivotal point over the next five to six years when these vehicles start rolling out and they start having so many issues and so many problems and become so expensive that people are going to realize there's no longer the ability to travel freely unmolested on your way. Now, a lot of people go, well, that's fine. I'll just buy an older vehicle. There's a reason why you've looked and seen now a lot of these older diesel trucks, especially pre-DPF, they're not dropping anymore. They've stabilized. If you want to go get a really low mileage, really reliable, like 7.3 that still runs really, really good and has been well-maintained, dude, I've seen them going anywhere from twenty-five to thirty to thirty-five, forty thousand dollars $40,000 now, depending on the year and the miles. That's insane. That's over MSRP on what the truck was brand new 20 years ago. But yet again, that's going to become a very, very big deal over the next five to 10 years, especially if the EPA has its way. So again, get the truth out there and form others and form dealerships. Continue to wake people up the best you can and support this CARS bill that essentially is what's called CARS that the Senate and the Congress are trying to push through right now because this is a really, really pivotal time. That's my opening on this. I want to get that out there first thing this morning, Dad. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing absolutely wonderful, Austin. Uh, you know, the sad part about it is exactly what OSHA did with the COVID shot. You know, when Biden basically, you know, involved OSHA and told OSHA they had to basically start finding organizations and, you know, and, and pay places, you know, and all the other stuff as far as companies and corporations, if they didn't give and force the employees to take COVID shots. Yep. Of course, that was deemed, you know, illegal, too. But it didn't matter for many, many millions who were forced to take the shot. And, and so we have to ask ourselves a question. Why is a government agency like ATF or EPA or anybody else allowed to write laws and implement the laws through the Justice Department without having to go through congressional oversight and have to be passed by the Congress people? I mean, why are these why do these organizations have the ability to do that? And that's the thing. That's the problem that we have when you have unelected officials and unelected bureaucrats come in. And start, you know, doing edicts. That's what this is, an edict. Uh, you know, it's so funny that I'm not recommending the movie John Wick. I like the movie, but I'm not recommending it because it's got a lot of bad language and, you know, very violent movie. But there's a guy on that movie basically who runs this Continental Hotel in New York. And he gives John Wick like an extra hour of time before they open a contract on him to have him killed. And then they ask him, why did you do that? Because he said, I deemed it so because he had the power from the Continental Hotel to deem it so. 
And it was interesting. They said, well, you don't have that type of authorities. Well, I deemed it so. Anyhow, that's what the EPA is doing here. They're, they're deeming it so, and they're coming in. Because I, I know with Volkswagen, $20 billion in fines, there was no way that company could pay that back. That had a mass, they had to have a massive you know, stock offering of some type in order to sell a whole bunch of stock. And it was probably BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard that bought that up and bought that company up. Because remember, Volkswagen owns Audi. Volkswagen owns Porsche. Volkswagen owns Lamborghini. Volkswagen, you know, they're the, one of the largest car companies in the world, and they still couldn't have handled that type of fine. But they did somehow, which we don't really know what they did as far as raising that kind of capital. You know, some people think, as you said earlier, they may have gotten giant grants to go green and get rid of their diesel engine technology. But some of these three-cylinder diesels were getting 70, 80 miles per gallon, and people weren't going to ever shift to electric cars after you get 80 miles per gallon. I mean, I'm talking 80 miles a gallon, 100 miles an hour on the Autobahn. And so these cars were amazing. I mean, I, we had a, I told you this story a few weeks ago. We had a really nice Mercedes E-Class that we had rented in Ireland and Scotland many, many years ago, about 20 years ago. And that thing was getting close to 50 miles per gallon that far back. You know, I have a, I have a little Tahoe and it has got that little baby Duramax in it. And if I keep that thing at around 60 miles per hour, it gets 35 miles per gallon on a flat surface. I mean, it's incredible what it does. And then you think, well, wow, well, that's the technology that everybody wants. Nobody wants to be in a, you know, in a, in an EV vehicle that breaks down. The other night I was getting onto an on-ramp over on the Polk Parkway and an EV vehicle in front of me, it just stops in the middle of the road, the lights dim on it, the flashers turn on and it is done blocking traffic. And I thought to myself, who wants to drive a piece of junk like that? Who in the world wants to drive something that's going to break down in the middle of the road like that and leave you stranded all the time? I see these things on the side of the road, often as a friend, and he has a towing service. Now he's put a huge charging station on his tow truck so he can charge up the vehicles because you can't get them on a tow truck because the tires are locked up, and you know you can't put them in the neutral. You have to drag them up the ramp, or you can go ahead and give them a quick charge and then drive them up on the ramp and tow them where they need to go. The infrastructure that we have in place right now in the United States is not designed for this mess. It's not, but yet here we are, and it's about you know destroying the entire freedom that we have in the United States to move freely and unmolested on our way. Let me give you. Let me, I'm going to tie a couple of things together here with you real quick. Naomi Judd. No, I'm talking about Naomi Judd. Naomi Judd is dead. Naomi Wolf. Uh, she basically. Uh, I knew. I knew Naomi Judd. By the way, that wasn't a very nice person. She just wrote a really good article, and she goes how the war against mangers and you know, and, and basically uh, Hanukkah has, has begun. It says, not offended by Christmas is what it says. She goes, I remember real Christmas. She goes, I was born in 1962, which means that by 1966 or 1967 or so, I was aware that something magical happened in the world to at least our world in America in the middle of winter. By the time I was in kindergarten, I had some names for what was happening all around me and all these wonderful times, and I grasped the basic story outline. Remember, she's Jewish. All at once, it seemed drab. All it seemed drab interiors. The grocery store with its beige linoleum flooring and its sad walls, and the institutional green halls of my elementary school. The butcher shop window, which previously had only sausages and veal chops on bland display. The window of the hardware store, which until then showcased just unremarkable containers of grout or drill bits and cans of paint. Indeed, intersections themselves, which before could not have been less interesting, suddenly all erupted in three-dimensional froth of sparkle and shine and joyous images and radiant color. Does anyone else remember the Christmas displays of the 60s made of colored cardboard and perhaps aluminum of some kind or tin or adorned with the tinsel of all variations? These wall decorations, I recall, unfolded and, I could, be, and, and it could be tapped or draped or hung. 
And then she starts talking about what happened to the country and how they started bringing Christmas people out and basically talking about, you know, Santa Claus. And then all of a sudden we weren't talking about Jesus anymore. And she goes, come all ye faithful angels. We have heard on high joy to the world. We three kings orient are. The music was played everywhere with all kinds of instrumentation. You heard it in drugstores, department stores, or the homes of your friends. This elevated the mood, the vibration. I talked about that yesterday on Christmas's show, if you will, the everywhere, all at once. Because sacred thoughts were being thought by thousands of people going about their otherwise ordinary days. There was everywhere the warm glow you felt, still sometimes in crowds on Valentine's Day or Mother's Day, as groups of humans together all think of someone whom they love. All transformational was the modern world that destroyed all of this stuff. We brought in cultural Marxism into the United States. Then we started having movies like How the Grinch Stole Christmas and all the other things that they did. And so the sad part about this is that she's right about this. Then in 1989, she's in an important lawsuit. Deconstructed Christmas and Hanukkah, for that matter, in America, and the lawsuit of County of Allegheny versus the ALCU, according to the organization's website. Two public-sponsored holiday displays in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, were challenged by the American Civil Liberties Union, which is a hardcore leftist Jewish organization. I'm just going to add that in there. The first display involved, which is they were all they're all communists. The first, majority of them are communists. The first display involved the Christian nativity scene inside the Allegheny Courthouse, and it was basically brought down. They stopped all of this stuff by using these lawsuits the ACLU did. And then basically she started saying that all of this stuff started happening at once, and suddenly Christmas was gone. Suddenly we didn't have it any longer. And then she goes on to say, and this is what I want to read this article to you. This is one of the Ivy League universities that did all of this stuff, but the money flowed to just this university shows that actual cultural Marxists may have had a powerful hand in twisting of legal definitions related to our Constitution that the university is producing for the world. So ignoring the diffused, tenuous, anti-religious expression definition in the Marxist-funded Cornell University website, let us go to the primary text. What is the text of the establishment cause? I'm going to put this up so you guys can read the rest of it. This is one of the best articles I've ever read. And then she started to talk about an interesting song. Then I saw Mommy Tickle Santa Claus, Tickle Tickle Santa Claus, underneath his beard to so he's no white. Oh, what a laugh it would have been if Daddy had only seen that Mommy was kissing Santa Claus last night. Wait a minute. What child is not going to be made anxious by this scenario? If it's, it's not a little creepy. It's extremely creepy. Then we have The Last Christmas I Gave You My Heart, a 1984 song by Wham and Romantic Loss and Jingle Bell Rock, and on and on and on. All of these songs pretty much were written by cultural Marxists, which don't include nativity and don't include what the world is with Jesus. Just thought I'd mention that to you. And we have to understand who these people are and how dangerous they are. And then when you finally look back, you look at what happened here. I want to just give you this R. This is, a, this is Nathan Goldman. He's about, he basically, in a book that he'd written called The Spirit of Militarism. And he goes, the historical mission, he's a Kabbalist. The historical mission of our world revolution is to rearrange a new culture of humanity to replace the previous social system. The, this conversion and reorganization of global society requires two essential steps. First, the destruction of the old established order, which is Christianity, and the rule, again, by people that are Christians. Secondly, design and imposition of the new order. The first stage requires elimination of all frontier borders, open borders, nationhood and culture. Public policy, ethical barriers, and social definitions only then can be destroyed. The old system elements be replaced by the imposed system elements of our new world order. The first task of our world revolution is destruction. This is the Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan 
who basically is running the planet. George Soros funds the left. The Koch brothers who fund and control the right are both Illuminati Kabbalists, Luciferian synagogue of Satan, according to this article. The radical left in Islam are also funded by corporations through the Tides Foundation, so they can all fight against each other. Mass protests like Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street, are part, are part of the false dialectic. This would be real if they demanded, number one, nationalizing the Fed, creation of a debt-free currency, and disowning the portion of the national debt created by book entry, independent investigation of 9-11, prosecution of those responsible for the attack and the cover-up, all national political campaigns be publicly funded for the price of one battle cruiser, we can have a real republic. Media, monopolies are be broken up. Five NATO Rothschild interventions must be stopped. And as a popular resistance, as a banker, Pooch and the Judy Puppet Show. And he's talking about this in detail. And he says, as Otto Kahn also amplifies, he's a Kabbalist banker who helped start the Federal Reserve, also emphasizes and exemplifies how these bankers create reality by controlling what passes for culture. Khan financed many movies and virtually created New York's Metropolitan Opera. He was, re- he was responsible for bringing in multiple, multiple, multiple communist ballet theaters and practically every other important personage and event in the vigorous era of American theatrical history. He subsidized and also had close relations with other Marxists who he brought into our country. Apparent to all eyes with C's, this satanic agenda includes destroying marriage, and family, and mainstreaming Satanism, homosexuality, pornography, promiscuity, incest, and transgenderism. I'm going to post this article. This is an article that's basically you know, a, a summary of all of this stuff, and, and, it, and it's called Understanding the Kabbalist Left-Right Charade. I mean, Kun Lee, banker Otto Kahn, said, we control both left and right. In a candid dinner conversation after World War I, Kuhn Lee's partner Otto Kahn was asked why capitalist bankers supported communism. He replied, they both have an identical purpose, the remaking of the world from above by the control of riches and from below by revolution. They are all Freemason, Kabbalists, all of these guys. Their final goal is the deification of the Rothschild banking cartel posing as representatives of the Jewish people who are actually the synagogue of Satan. Hence, we have the communist faction of the left, the globalists, the homosexual migration, the U.S. Democrats, Canada, EU, Sweden, and the Zionist faction of the right, nationalism, heterosexualism, U.S. GOP, Brazil, and Hungary, and Israel is the fulcrum. No nationalist is ever critical of Israel on both sides. And so this is absolutely an incredibly good article. I want you guys to read it. And it, it, it makes sense when you finally start seeing how messed up everything is and who runs the world. These people are Satanists. They define, they redefine morality, and basically they turn everything upside down. They seek a worldwide political, economic, and cultural monopoly institutionalized by world government. This is achieved by Hegelian dialectic process, creating adversities, thesis and antithesis, and achieving a synthesis that corresponds to their goals. In the process, potential opponents are eliminated. I discussed this in detail on Christmas broadcast on the Christmas broadcast four days ago. I need you guys to listen to that broadcast again, and I'm going to go into detail again about what I was talking about in this particular article that I've just read. Always remember, these are the same guys that are going after diesel cars. These are the same guys that are going after your guns. These are the same guys that are going against your First Amendment rights. These are the same guys that have come in and done everything that we talk about on this show all the time. It's always these guys. The Kabbalist, Luciferian, Synagogue of Satan, high-level Masonic leaders that run the planet who answer to Lucifer. Always Remember Club 33 with Disney. Remember 33-degree Mason, one-third, one-third of creation that fell. It represents that. 
Always remember who these clowns are and what they've done and how they continue to try to destroy the United States. Perfect example. We now have leprosy, polio, malaria, tuberculosis, measles, and massive unscreened illegal immigration coming into the United States. Successful public health campaigns and medical advances have enabled the United States to conquer a range of disfiguring and damaging diseases. Polio, which popped to paralyze thousands of people annually, was wiped out. You know, of course, that was mainly through proper, proper, you know, medical care and proper, you know, sanitation. Recently, however, some of these, some of some of these forgotten but still formidable diseases have begun to reappear in the United States. For two years, leprosy and polio have made a comeback, and now they're saying it's primarily because of the open border policy that we have in the United States. Years ago, I forgot this guy's name. I had a debate with him about the open border policy. Hardcore liberal. I my publishers had booked me on this show, and I wish I had never done the show. And we ended up basically agreeing at the end as far as, you know, different things we were talking about as far as the amount of poison in our food supply. But he was absolutely bent on allowing people to come into the United States without medical screening. And I told him, I said, it's not good on a mass scale because you're going to introduce all of these diseases back into the United States. And the guy was an idiot. He sat arguing with me. I thought to myself, why am I doing this show? And now we see the leprosy, polio, malaria, tuberculosis, measles which is basically not a big deal with measles, and massive unscreened illegal immigration are all tied together. The same Kabbalist group that I just told you about, that I just read you the article about, is doing this too. I just read you. They want open borders. They don't want any nationalism. It's all part of the same package. That's why we as Christians, we have to stand our ground. We have to realize that we can do all things through Christ. And I'm always going to come back to this, by the way. I'm always going to give you hope. I'm always going to give you hope in a future through Jesus. I'm always going to do that because otherwise we have no hope. I did Jeff French last night. If you guys have a chance, it's one of the best shows I've ever done with Jeff. I talked about the plan of salvation. I talked about who Jesus is. I talked about everything about who God is and what we can do as Christians in order to help change this mess we're in. Guys, listen to me. We are the only hope this planet has. And the Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan knows that. That's why they're doing everything to destroy white people in Christianity, black people in Christianity, Hispanic people in Christianity. That's why they've done everything they can to destroy the Catholic Church, which is pretty much destroyed now. This last pope is taking care of that. All of this is happening all at once for a reason. They want their Antichrist. As far as I'm concerned, me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm, I'm, my, my tongue will never be. My tongue will always confess who Jesus is, period, and I will never bow my knee to a man or to this Antichrist. I'd rather be in heaven with God first, but they want everybody to worship the doggone weirdo they're going to bring out of the third temple. And again, why are Christians so bent on this? Why are Christians so bent on funding the temple and restarting animal sacrifices? This is insanity that Christians are actually involved with any of this Zionistic crap. I can't believe that our faith has allowed this to happen because of the Schofield Reference Bible. Remember, it took them over 100 years to brainwash the United States as far as the evangelicals as to what they believe and shouldn't believe. And only a few denominations are out there who are not promoting this nonsense. Always remember we can do all things for Christ who strengthens us. And that when God allowed Jesus to come here, he became our mediator. You know, basically he became our transformer and he allows us to be restored back to God. And we have to understand that and continue to promote that from the pulpit every single day of our life and from this podcast and to your friends. And we can do all things through him because we will stand our ground. We will dig in and we will not give this battle up. We will not because when Jesus said it was finished, it was finished. And they know that. That's why they're trying to erase the very memory of Jesus because they had no other choice. Because once Jesus gets embedded into your mind, 
into your culture and into your theta brainwave state as a young child, you don't ever let it go. And you're going to always serve the most high God. You're going to always come back to it. That's why it says train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's where we have to get back to in this country. We have to start raising little American Christians again, period. If that offends you, you're listening to the wrong show. I'm going to say it again. We have to start raising little American Christians again, and we have to lead them by example to show them what's right. We have to do that because if we don't, what separates us from the heathen or from the non-saved or the people who don't have a relationship with God? Nothing. So always remember that. Allow your walk to walk louder than your talk talks. It allows always to put Christ first in all the areas of our life. Wow. Just thought I'd mention that today. What do you think, Austin? What's your next story? Oh, you're, you're spot on with that. I mean, I've, I've been a huge encourager of that of friends and family and everyone that I know as far as with our kids. You know, our kids are the younger generation, and it's been a very concerted effort from the mainstream media, from the school system, from the television, from YouTube. It's all been a concerted effort in order to distract families and distract parents from actually raising their children properly. It's always now the path of least resistance. It's what's the easiest way to keep our children subdued and basically distracted so we don't have to deal with them, so we don't have to talk to them, so we don't have to engage with them. Just keep them subdued. You know, give them an iPad at dinner. Let them play on that. When they get done with that, let them go in the room and play on video games. Oh, when they do with that, tell them to go to bed, and then in the morning we take them straight to school. When they get back from school, put them back on the iPad and back on their video games. All these things go to the path of least resistance. Children are going to do this. They're always going to go down certain realms, certain roads if they want to do something. It's parents' job, very clearly their job, no question about it, to decide whether or not you think it is the best thing for your child. One thing that I've learned over the years is that children will constantly try to work you on certain items, work you on certain angles, (laughs) work you on certain things. That's what they do. That they're kids. They push certain buttons. They cross certain lines, and it's you as a parent to determine – what you're going to allow and what you're not going to allow, and what you're going to allow to continue to happen, and is that okay, and do you think it's the best thing for your child? For example, you go to the store. Your kid sees you know, Lucky Charms and high fructose corn syrup, you know, cinnamon toast crunch on the shelf. Of course, the marketing, the colors, the photos, the direction, the eyes that are always facing down on the shelf looking at the kids when you look at them. Nobody even realizes that. You go look at like the, uh, the, the Lucky Charms and all the stuff with all the little characters on them. From an open standpoint, you look at them from six foot tall and you're walking down the aisle. You don't want to see anything different. You actually stoop down and look. All the boxes, all the cartoons are looking down. Why are they looking down? Because that's where the kids are. The kids aren't six foot tall. They're looking down at them. So they're looking at them with these big old eyeballs, these big smiles. Look at this amazing cereal with all these sugar and colors and flavors, and it's so amazing. Of course, naturally, the kids are going to go, I want that. That's what I want to eat. That looks really fun. That looks really amazing. That looks really exciting. It's up to you whether or not you're going to put that in the cart. It's up to you whether or not you're going to take it home. And people go, well, I, just, I want my kids to be happy. I want this. Your kids being happy and your kids being healthy don't have to be two completely separate, diametrically opposed things. The difference is you have to decide whether or not what you're going to continue to allow them to do. If your child walks down the, the plumbing aisle and there's, you know, rotor rooter, you know, plumber cleaner, you know, Drano, and all of a sudden they go, This looks really fun. Well, can we take this home? I want this looks like it's, it's blue. Let's drink it. Parents are going to go, Oh no, I don't want you to drink it. No, mom, I want to take this home. Okay, fine, sure. You could take Drano home and drink it. No, no parents gonna go along with that. They're gonna say, "Oh my gosh, that's no, no, do not touch that. That's toxic. That is not for drinking." Period. 
kids and go, oh, okay. Well, when you see cereal that's got high fructose corn syrup in it, show it to them. Pull the box off. Pull the ingredient list down. Explain to them. Say, hey, listen, this is red 40. This is blue 3. This is yellow 5. These things right here can make you really sick. They make you not feel good. They give you a headache. So right here is high fructose corn syrup. It's going to make you really hyper. You're not going to be able to focus. You're not going to feel good. Now, they may or may not think about it. They may not listen. They may not care. But one thing I have found about children is they're much better off with an explanation and a legitimate explanation on things than just simply saying no, 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 no. After a while, they're saying, well, is everything the word no is no the word of the day? Is everything no? No, the word of the day is not no. But one thing about it is if you explain it to them, then they have to try to rebuttal it. And that's very difficult for a seven or eight-year-old to rebuttal why high fructose corn syrup is healthy for you. Just simply throwing that out there. These are just certain topics that I've learned now over the last couple of years. And so there's certain things that are not going to be good or healthy or advantageous for a child's upbringing or their mental health. For example, a lot of the perversion on YouTube and all these other TV shows now that are coming out that are just, oh, my gosh. I, it, it shocks me. Honestly, it shocks me that these shows are out there like this and not that these perverts that are making them in Disney and all these companies that are rolling this transgender agenda out directly involve for five and six year olds. That doesn't surprise me. Perverts are going to do pervert stuff. You can't, you can't think anything different of what a pervert's going to do. It's like expecting a scorpion not to sting the frog. It's a scorpion. That's what they do. They sting frogs. Don't be surprised. Don't let a scorpion on your back. Done. Story's over. But one thing about it is it's up to you whether or not you're going to decide to allow your children to watch this perversion. And that's what shocked me more than anything is how many parents have been so willingly allowed to let these kids watch this stuff or just been so laissez-faire that they're not involved. The same thing like I had a big you know, debate weeks back when I was talking to somebody and they were this whole like pro everything Israel everything does. I said, dude, I'm not against Israel at all. I support Israel in a lot of things they have done. I said, I'm not a huge Palestinian fan, but I support Palestine with certain things. But quite frankly, I don't care about either country. I said, my biggest thing is I'm so shocked that I see parents that are more concerned about children over in the Middle East than they are about their own children under their own roof that they are the ones that are directly responsible for, but yet they'll sit there and watch CNN all night and drool on themselves and talk to their friends about the entire giant debate of Israel carpet bombing and basically genocide in Palestine and this whole topic back and forth on either side, and yet their kids are sitting over there just wanting attention from their family, just wanting somebody to talk to them, just wanting their parents to encourage them, just wanting their parents to teach them and show them certain things they can do, just wanting that from them. But they're so obsessed with being so concerned about frivolous distractions that the mainstream media is so efficient at doing and giving that they're not even focused on what is right in front of them under their own home. So my friends, always take some time back sometimes, take a step back and look at things sometimes and go, okay, is this okay? There's certain topics, there's certain behaviors, there's certain things that you may be conflicted on sometimes, that you may be fighting, certain things that you know are probably not the best thing to do and you're going back and forth on them. And that's okay, that happens to people. That's certain things you have to do. But one thing about it is, especially at the end of the day, you know you've got to try to do the very best you can for your kids because those children are going to be the next generation. And it's so important that you continually monitor and encourage them to do the best they possibly can. That's my take on that. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. Speaking of interesting things and topics, a new study 
has now found that COVID vaccination is independently associated with long COVID syndrome. Remember, this is the topic that we brought up years ago, actually now, where you're hearing about long COVID, which essentially is people that got COVID, they had side effects from it, and they continually got long COVID, which means they had these side effects from COVID that continually persisted. Now, a lot of this even if people didn't get the shot, and I heard some people getting it, which was rare that people got this without getting the shot, but it was always a detoxifying inflammatory response. This is why I told people it's so important to get on the GHI and the N-acetylcysteine. Those are crucial because you've got to get your body detoxified. You've got to get the inflammation down. You've got to get those spike proteins out of your system. It's crucial. I could not reiterate that anymore. Now, what they're showing here in this article here is they said developing long COVID appears to be much more likely after two doses of the COVID-19 vaccine, suggesting that the spike protein is contributing to this phenomenon. And I'll, I'll put this study up here Researchers examined 487 and 371 individuals at four weeks and six weeks post-COVID infection, respectively, to estimate the incident characteristics and predictors of long COVID among patients. Long COVID symptoms were reported by 29% of participants four weeks following infection. And what was interesting about this now, they looked at the individuals that got long COVID but also got the shot, and they found that it was significantly higher of individuals that got the shot that were experiencing long COVID than individuals who had not gotten it, especially after two injections. This is what we talked about before because the shot was designed to turn your body into a spike protein manufacturing site. It's what it does. They said it. They discussed it in detail. So what happens is these individuals are constantly producing spike proteins, which is COVID, and they're staying sicker and sicker and sicker longer and longer and can't shake it because of what they injected into them. So again, very crucial. If you're fighting this stuff, even if you hadn't had the shot and you're still fighting long COVID, you've got to get your body detoxified. The GHI cleanse is one of the most effective tools you can do that with because it does have N-acetylcysteine in it, by the way. And that's why the seven-day fasting protocol we put together on the front page that pretty much me and almost everybody I know always does at the beginning of the year. So you've got the GHI cleanse that you're running two scoops twice a day, which you can run more if you need to. If you need additional calories, you just need to buy two cans of it, an additional can at the same price at the discounted price. And then along with that, throwing in the ultimate multiple, the vitamin C and the ultra omega throughout, even after you're done the GHI cleanse to continually feed your body and feed your cells to get your energy back up, get your body cleaned out and get your body refreshed and ready for the next phase of growth and health. So it's really, really crucial. You look at some of this stuff and encourage others to do the same because there's no reason to feel sick all the time. There's not, there's no reason. There's always usually in most cases, something you can do to make yourself stronger, more fit, more mentally acute and healthier on a regular basis. And there's certain factors that contribute against those things. And one of those is constantly putting toxins in your body. So if you're looking at trying to get your body feeling better, starting the new year, definitely check out that fasting protocols. It's really, really effective. Now, again, I do say the first couple of days, a lot of times people go on this, especially if they've been eating a lot of junk food, a lot of sugar, you're going to have sugar withdrawals. You're going to have carbohydrate withdrawals from that when you're doing just the GHI cleanse and not eating anything. That's very normal, but be ready for it because it's your body craving toxins, essentially, and craving MSG and craving sugar. Because remember, almost all these fast food companies Almost all of them, they load their food up with MSG and other sources of addictive compounds. Why do you think people get so addicted to Chick-fil-A? People literally get like they start getting like shaky if they don't get Chick-fil-A every day. They constantly have to go get their McDonald's, even though they know McDonald's is one of the most toxic fast foods known to man. People still wrap around the building every single day to get their fix of McDonald's. 
if you know something's toxic and you know it's not healthy for you and you know it's perversion for your body, why would you eat it every day? Well, it's because the body's addicted to it and it's craving it. The brain's craving that MSG and those other preservatives. So understand that sometimes you've got to have the willpower to break that cycle and cut stuff off and say, listen, I'm done with this for a while. I know this is not good for me. I know it's not healthy for me. I'm breaking this off for a while. Because one thing about it is you'll notice after a seven-day detox like this, you'll start feeling significantly better afterwards. And you're going to go, wow, I feel really good. And then the next thing you'll notice is when you go to start eating that type of junk food or those compounds again, it will make you feel so horrible that you will realize how toxic it is and you will not want to eat it anymore in most cases. I've had that happen to me repeatedly. My body's running full tilt, super clean, super healthy, good sleep, good recovery, and I'll go eat something like you know a, a Five Guys double cheeseburger, which granted it's delicious, probably one of the cleanest ones out there compared to the other stuff, but after I eat it, I'm like, bleh. I'm tired. I want to sleep. I want to take a nap. I don't feel like I just ate a really clean meal of you know organic chicken and rice and green beans ready to go work out. I'm just like, ugh. I just want to take a nap, and I'm sluggish. That's because the body does not want that food in it. And like I said, that's more of the higher end of junk food, fast food. You, I don't even eat Taco Bell or Burger King or McDonald's or anything. I can't even remember the last time I ate that. It's been probably two decades. And again, continually get the other information out there and encourage others to do the same. What do you think, Dan? You know, Austin, I feel the same way. It happens to me too. I hate to say this, but it does. If I have coffee, you know, and I drink it for more than two or three days, and I don't get me wrong, I like coffee. I'm not talking about drinking a bunch. I'm talking about half a cup or one cup. Uh, it starts making me feel really, 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 really bad very, very quickly. And by the third day, I feel awful. My energy's down. I get brain fog back, and I just say, "Wow!" And that's because of the elevated cortisol because it's very, very stressful. I have a friend of mine right now. They're, they're, they're living in the Netherlands, and they told me the people in the Netherlands are much healthier than they are here in the United States. And she said, why is that so true? She goes, no one ever gets sick over here. She goes, everybody I know who was in Florida is sick now. And I said, the reason that's the truth is because these people in the United States are being systematically poisoned with glyphosate. You know, that's Roundup. It's being sprayed on all of our food, which doesn't it really isn't in Europe. Uh, they're being poisoned by the GMOs. They're being poisoned by all the stuff they put in the food supply because, again – they had to disable the United States. They had to do it through sickness and disease and through basically you know, persecution and prosecution and all the rest of the stuff they've done and also through cultural Marxism. It was all about disabling the United States, the economic world engine that depends upon the United States by creating this giant group of people here in the United States that are sick all the time. We haven't seen anything yet. Wait until the vast majority of these people next by 2024, 2025 start having all of these health problems. I talked to you the other day about an article that I had called up that said people that got vaccinated together, families that got vaccinated together died together with heart attacks and strokes. And it's not going to get any better because they're going to come out with more diseases, they're going to release more variants, and more people are going to go out and get more vaccines. And then pretty soon they'll be so scared they're going to get every vaccine that comes around, and they'll be end up getting sicker and sicker and sicker. You know, I had another lady yesterday that I talked to. She got vaccinated. Now she's got skin cancer. It never ends. You know what it does to the body's immune system. And we've got to be aware of what they've done to us, why they've done it to us, and what the end result's going to be. And if we understand it, it makes more sense to everybody, by the way. By the way, this is an interesting article. It says the World Economic Forums, this is net zero agenda, will kill billions, the experts warns. Well, that's back to the cabalists again. They're pushing for governments worldwide to comply with this globalist agenda that will reduce the global population by billions. 
leading experts have spoken out against the unelected organization's plans and are warning the public that the WEF's net zero goal to eliminate fossil fuels will result in the death of over 4 billion people. Wow. You know, and now they're calling on taxpayers worldwide to pay the $3.5 trillion per year as far as this net goal, this net zero goal of decarbonizing the planet. However, critics argue that decarbonization is just a euphemism for the WEF's anti-human agenda, and experts are raising the alarm about what this will actually mean for civilization, which includes the death of over 4 billion people. They don't want 4 billion dead. They actually want 7 billion dead. Starvation. Danish statistician. Boris Lomborg is just one who has warned that ending the fossil fuel use would lead to the deaths of around half the world's population through starvation alone. Four billion people are dependent on fossil fuel fertilizer, he says. Without the four billion, without the fertilizer, four billion will starve to death. Remember, they see us as basically containers. That's all we are, human beings. They're containers for their demon spirits and their other entities from other dimensions. I talked about this again on Christmas' show. They see us as that, and they don't need this many containers. Just thought I'd mention that also. So to, to them, we are something that needs to be basically exterminated like you go spray for ants or bugs. That's how they see us, and they want to reduce the population any means possible because, again – they absolutely loathe God Almighty. They hate Jesus Christ. They don't want to have anything to do with the Holy Spirit. And they are basically sentenced to the hell and to the lake of fire for all of eternity. And they want to take as many people with them as they can. That's the bottom line. And so when we understand who they are and what they are, we can stand against this mess and understand that these people with the World Economic Forum are a bunch of weirdos. And again, you can see Klaus Schwab, just, put, just type in your Google or DuckDuckGoGo, Klaus Schwab walking on the beach, you know, with his, with his wedding gear on. He's wearing like a bridal gown. I, it's unbelievable how perverted these people are and what they think. And now we've got 9,000 children in Gaza that have had to go through amputations because of the shelling and the bombing in Gaza. 9,000 people, now the 9,000 children have undergone amputations, many without anesthesia, on day one of this conflict. 241 killed in Gaza in 24-hour. Gazan prisoners report horrific torture. Uh, they're, okay, they're attacking safe zones and everything else. I'm not going to go into this. I'm going to get mad. But, but the truth of the matter is this is not what Jesus would want. There you go. Now we're going to be basically telling you the truth about what Jesus would want. Jesus doesn't want people killing each other and destroying each other. He wants us to walk in love. And, and it's sad to me that these, that these, this, these Kabbalist Luciferians have taken over the world, that they've got Christians now doing a rah hot rah you know, let's kill as many people in Gaza as we possibly can, including other Christians. It's so stupid to me, it's beyond belief. By the way, a pediatrician is being investigated by a medical board after talking about the COVID-19 vaccines in public. Wow. Dr. Renata Moon testified during a U.S. Senate hearing in Washington. She was fired for raising the alarm on COVID-19 vaccines during an event held by a U.S. senator is now facing an investigation by the state medical board, which she says may have engaged in unprofessional conduct. The pediatrician, Dr. Rena Moon, testified on December 22nd, I'm sorry, December 2022 in Washington at an event. She said she saw a jump in the cases of heart inflammation after the COVID-19 vaccines were released, and she noted that the COVID-19 poses little COVID-19 you know, the disease poses little risk to children and highlighted how the insert for the vaccines is blank. 
Washington University, one of Dr. Moon's employers, said her testimony may have breached ethics law and spread misinformation, and it, it terminated her. The school has flagged Dr. Moon's testimony with the Washington Medical Commission, which licenses doctor in Washington State, according to documents reviewed by the Epic Times. Dr. Moon engaged in activities that could be perceived as possible spread of misinformation at the Washington event. You know, the thing about this is aggravating to me because I've seen it happen to another one of my friends who's an also who's a doctor of osteopathic medicine, and she had her license revoked by the state. It caused such tremendous stress in her life that she ended up having a stroke. And I'm seeing this more and more and more. The doctors who came in and spoke the truth about COVID, the truth about vaccines, the truth about all of it, who got on national TV and said things about this, they're being targeted. It's really sad to me that they've done this to these physicians that actually have the guts to go out and say something against all of this stuff. But again, it's just part of the world as we have it right now and part of the control of the media. You know, here's another article. Globalist programmers to expect, you know, a heart failure pandemic in 2024 caused by a new strain of COVID, though a horrific number of deaths and heart failures are caused by the vax, which is the vaccination, which has already been proven. We had mentioned that just earlier to you, how this is going to be a big agenda for 2024 and 2025. <laughs> another, another article here from The Express that says firefighters had to use 36 thousand gallons of water to extinguish a flaming tesla after a battery fire alabama firefighters had their hands full on christmas eve after a chain reaction from an accident caused a tesla battery to ignite they had to use 36 thousands of gallons of water to extinguish a flaming tesla model y suv that fully ignited on christmas after his driver crashed on an interstate highway the motorist who authorities arrested following the crash, operating a motor vehicle, being drunk, had an electric model that burst into flames due to a thermal runaway reaction within the automobile's battery. Thermal runaway with electric vehicles describes a situation where the temperature of battery cells increases uncontrollably, creating a self-sustaining and rapidly escalating chain reaction, possibly resulting in a fire or explosion. Gosh, it sounds like a nuclear detonation, but it's not. Physical damage to the EV battery cell during a case like a car accident can result in thermal runaway initiation. It starts with it makes it explode. The crash scene's emergency responders sourced 36,000 gallons from three different fire engines and four water tankers just to put the car out. I don't know what to say about this. I mean, we've got, we've got these bombs driving around on the highway that can't be put out with normal conventional methods, and that basically if they have any kind of problems or accidents, they ignite. You know, we had exploding pintos back in the 70s and 80s. They had gas tanks. If they took a rear collision, they would ignite the gas tanks. And those cars were basically discontinued. You never hear of a Pinto anymore. And they were, a lot of them were pulled back with giant recalls. What's Tesla going to do with this? Are they going to recall every single model trying to find out how to stop the batteries from exploding? What a mess. Guys, keep your hearts and minds in Christ all the days of your life. I love you, and I had the opportunity to pray for you again. You guys are amazing. Austin, finish it up, and I will talk to you again on Monday. Absolutely. And one of the issues that I've talked to firefighters about is this isn't something that's just specific to Tesla. These lithium-ion batteries are extremely volatile. You guys remember the tanker, uh, the, not tanker, the transport boat that basically got sunk last year uh, when there were multiple Volkswagen and Porsche electric vehicles on there that basically got salt water compromising the batteries, and they caught on fire. And they had Lamborghinis, Bentleys, Porsches, all kinds of stuff on this boat, and the whole boat sank. They, like, drug it in more. I mean, it was, it was sanity. I mean, just lost all the inventory on it. Lithium-ion batteries are not 
should not be used in vehicles. The technology is not there for it. They're extremely volatile when they catch on fire. They, if they get, they're so finicky if they start getting overcharged. This is why so many people now you see are having their houses burned down. This happened like four or five times now. I had a buddy, a good buddy the other day that runs a shop over in Winter Haven. I talked to him about a guy that bought one of those EV Jeep Wranglers. No idea on this green earth why somebody would want an EV Wrangler. That I mean, that just has to be the stupidest idea that's ever been just put into concept. But again, I digress. They had it charged. They had it plugged in. Something happened with the charger. Something happened with the battery. Don't know all the specifics of it, but it got on fire in his garage, burnt the entire house down. Burns whole house down. Whole house and everything he owned got burnt down because of a stupid $40,000 EV Wrangler that basically couldn't handle the charge. Just throw that out there. So, yeah, there's a lot of issues with these things that are not what they've cracked up to be, hence why they're sitting on the lots now, hence why I recommend and I tell people all the time in the automotive industry, do your research with these garbage. If you really want something, go buy a golf cart. They're about the same thing. Drive around town in a golf cart if you want, or a little fancy one, or some of the bigger ones they make now. I mean, it's, it's literally the same thing, except they're a lot cheaper, and the golf cart is a golf cart. You can do whatever you want with it. Just thought I would throw that out there. Also, too, one last story I was reading about here, and it was going into detail on essentially the aspect of how the entire world is starting to become so aggressive and so angry and all these protests. I talked about some of it yesterday, and it was talking about how to be very cautious of what you're getting drug into. Be very cautious of what you're being told to believe and told how to think because so much of this now is mind control that's getting people into these groups, into these riots, into these protests. And a lot of these people are being paid agitators to try to bring in more people to cause more chaos and more division. My friends, we need to come together unified as a country to support one another against a completely and totally satanic organization like the CIA and other deep state elements that are pulling the strings. Those are the ones that need to be protesting. This protesting and doing Israel protest and Palestine protest and Antifa protest and BLM uh, protest, this is all about, again, distractions and reaching one another and coming down to a level where you can understand, okay, I may disagree with you, you may disagree with me, but we can sit down and have an open conversation. I can try to understand your viewpoint and your mind. The issue you've run into now, so many people are so mind-controlled that there is no discussion with them. So again, my friends, be open, be aware, be vigilant, and continue to get the truth no matter what. I appreciate you. Have a blessed, safe new year. You guys be safe this weekend, whatever you're involved in. Be safe out on the road. Be safe with fireworks. The vitamin C, 13% off is product of the week on sale right now. Be sure to check it out at healthmasters.com. And we'll talk to you again on this show next year as always. Appreciate you guys, and I love you, and have a blessed new year.
Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs> 